Hello everyone, welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Today I have a juicy episode for you guys. I am interviewing Miss Levi. She is an American queer artist and a sex worker activist. And together we are going to talk about all things sex. We are going to go over sexual fantasies, the importance of getting your sexual desires met, kinkiness, open relationships, polyamory, shame around your sexual desires, and so much more. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hello, Levi. Welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Hello. So good to have you here. Yeah, absolutely. Coming all the way from, you're based in Oregon, right? Yes, I'm in Portland, Oregon. So it's rainy and drizzly and it's winter out here. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's summer here right now. We got clear blue skies and it's just the morning, but I can feel it's going to be a very, very hot day. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. Yeah. (laughs) First question of the day is what elevates your soul? Um, community. Community was the first thing that came to mind. I, uh, I have a lot of community in different aspects of my life, and it's been kind of a slow cultivation of um, individuals and groups of people that have really um, engaged with my life and lifted it up and have taught me the things that I know and create safe spaces for me to be who I am and express who I am. Um, The other is, you know, the art and the freedom of expression is what elevates my soul. I think uh, just having the opportunity and the guts, you know, everyone keeps saying, oh, you're so brave. But I think it's just getting your own insecurities out of the way and just, you know, fighting for that freedom to be able to be who you are, you know, being uh, creative has always been a force in my life. So it's always been connected to my soul and I'm a Taurus. So the coziest things possible, (laughs) the softest blankets, a million stuffed animals, this hot (laughs) coffee in my hand, with honey, you know, I just love flavors and smells and, and textures and, and, and all the nice things. <laughs> Such an earthy being I am. Yeah. I love, that. I love that. So can you tell us and the listeners a bit about you and your story and how you've become so confident in acting out your sexual desires and your fantasies and just truly owning and expressing your sexuality? Well, it has been a long process, but I, you know, I am 28, so I still have um, gotten to where I am because, you know, uh, a lot of like beautiful people have come into my life and kind of given me a little bit of a trailblaze. Um, But I was actually pretty religious for most of my life. Um, I was raised uh, Catholic and by my mother and chose very, uh, firmly not to go that route because I don't think any kid in 
this age could sit through a Catholic mass, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I was really attached to my spirituality and exploring that. I did that for a very long time. And it wasn't until I really let that go that I feel like my vibration just elevated so much higher. And I was seeking, because I was seeking, you know, something that was much more in alignment with me, um, the right knowledge and leaving religion was letting go of all these pressures, all these things that I, all this guilt that I was holding onto from my childhood in the way that I was raised. And that is immediately I found Polly and I found kink and I found sex workers and I found all these beautiful things that have um, brought me to where I am being a sex worker of four and a half years and Polly for four, you know, I just, it wasn't until I really let go of all of that. And that wasn't until I, I was 23, probably 24. So I've been on this, you know, it was all, all kind of festering inside of me forever. It was, it's always been a part of me, but it's definitely got to live its own life. Um, so uh, especially being an artist, I don't have, I feel, I feel like I get a pass to be a little bit more who I am because I'm that kooky artistic one that people probably don't understand. And so I had a lot of, a lot more freedom to um, find a lot of things that kind of fed me. Um, Polly immediately improved my single life. Yeah. I was, I've literally been single for a very long time and most of the time, um, mainly because I, I have this very intense relationship with my independence and my, um, individuality. Um, as soon as I, decided that solo poly worked for me, I was no longer hindered to looking for one person. It was for anyone that I had chemistry with in any way. And I was, I, I just felt like I was always poly. I was always trying to meet new people, but these weird structures from, you know, the rhetoric of a heteronormative social or society, really keeps you from expanding and, and finding more people and, and just um, seeing people who, for who they are. They might not be your 24-7 partner that you're going to build a life with, but they might be somebody who may teach you something, you know? Exactly. exactly. Somebody yeah. who you have a connection with and chemistry with, but yeah, as you say, you just, they might not be your 24 seven. So exactly. It's just yeah. that re- relationship escalator that you, I mean, you, I don't know if you've heard that term before, but it's definitely a term that it's when you are walking through a relationship and you feel that pressure to make the next, you know, you're going up that escalator, you're, you're going to, move in together, get a house, get married, have kids, you know, it's just this process of when, you know, all these rules that you feel you have to, all these boxes you have to um, tick off basically when you're building a relationship. And it's just, it's not like that. It doesn't have to be like that. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's so powerful knowing 
that there is another option because I feel like so many people are stuck in that way because they don't feel like they have a choice or they're too scared to, yeah, go outside of that quote unquote normal box because, you know, they don't want to lose their label or anything. Absolutely. So Identity just, is everything for us these days. Yeah. I mean, it's important to know who you are and what words align with that and to be confident in that. And a lot of, you know, things can challenge if you want to be poly, if you want to be kinky and you want to tell people about it, sometimes your job will challenge you. Sometimes the person who sells you coffee will challenge you. Your parents will challenge you. You know, it's just your neighbor won't understand. It's, you do have to still fit in this society that kind of works against that. Exactly. And so when you um, found out about the poly lifestyle and the kink and the sex work and all those things that you were drawn towards, how long, like, did you just dive in straight away or did you kind of know about these things for a while and you were still too scared to pursue any of them or did you just dive straight in? I think that when you're exploring sexuality and you're exploring kink and you're exploring the structures of poly that work for you, you don't really know what you want already. You're, right. It's really hard to break your own sort of way of thinking, the way that you've always been taught yes. to be able to release yourself from those structures is hard because you have all of this inner dialogue. And so it's really important to see examples of things, you know, like our experiences are all about exposure and role models and people who show us what, you know, you're not, not going to inherently know your kinks. Sometimes you just have to see it play out for you to know that it's stirring inside you something that you didn't think that you would enjoy. And so I was more kind of dipping my toe. And um, I had, I mean, my first year I had skept- skeptical feelings around a lot of kinks. And then now it's funny, the things that I find enjoyable. I laugh because that that girl five years ago would just be astonished (laughs) like never would have imagined I would have liked the things that I like now but it's all about um having the safe space to be able to explore them because I felt like I I wouldn't like things because I had this judgment around them right and so what was really helpful for me was I had a lot of people who um kind of led me through kink and poly and I had role models of submission and I kind of really related to submission really um, more uh, a little bit more than you know uh, dominance right are dominating uh, for my first year because I just that's that's kind of how I feel a lot of the attributes of my personality really aligned with that and so I had a couple of role models that were really known in the community and I would go and watch them and voyeur and learn about what their kinks were. And a lot of things were really hard for me to see and experience because you just want to retreat to those unhealthy sort of feelings of judgment. And it's all about just knowing that if you choose 
to try to observe and learn without judgment, um, it'll, it'll open up so many doors and you can respect people's kinks and know that they aren't yours, but know that they deserve the same freedom that you do. And so, um, I definitely had, you know, some old kinky partners that have disappointed me in showing me false structures and, you know, unhealthy dynamics, you know, I've, I've, it hasn't been a smooth road, but I still, I still was experiencing new things and I learned a lot and I learned about what I deserved, you know, and what didn't work for me. And I got stronger through it. So that sort of, um, owning my sexual desires is only a, a recent thing I would say, because you have to go through a lot of structures that you think work for yourself and then prove that they don't, you know, it's the whole idea that, once you move off path, once you move off of your chosen path, you know, and it's not the right one, things are, you're going to meet roadblocks until you can redirect. And that's all about kind of figuring out through, through safe, you know, um, environments, what your kinks are. Yeah. And so for people who are interested in learning a bit more about their sexuality, especially around kink and having that safe space and safe environment for people who are single, because obviously if you're in a relationship, you have that one partner to talk to. If people are single and wanting to explore that side, where do you recommend they go or, or do, or, you know, how can they play? Um, I mean, there are so many different avenues for these things. You know, I've been in dungeons scenarios where I've met people where it's their first time there and they've never seen some things before. And, you know, there's always events being held or there are places where you can talk to people, you know, and they have meet and greets and they all meet at a coffee shop for a munch and they all talk about what femdoming means to them, you know? And so you can find these people out there who are, are, creating space in their community. There's lots of educational scenarios, um, just like meeting up with people for coffee. You can go to workshops. You can read the literature. You can listen to the podcast. It's all about hearing people, human beings that, you know, you can connect with that are just trying to share with you something that is a, that they that lifts them up. And it's all about exposure, I believe, you know, just educating yourself. There's so many uh, tools out there to help with that. Yeah, I love that. And for people who have shame around, you know, there's so much shame around genitals as well. Like not only our bodies, especially for females, but shame around our genitals and that lack of self-esteem And like so many people just, they cringe to the word of like sex and sexuality, you know, and shame around your lifestyle as well. When you, when you are into kink or being polyamorous or being in an open relationship, what kind of advice would you give to people who have a lot of shame around these areas who want to be, you know, who want to explore and want to experiment with these sorts of things? What can they do for their self-esteem and, and like, how can they express that and expose themselves? 
Well, first, I just want to point out, you know, being a person who displays their body, you know, for plenty of people all the time for work, who feels pretty good in my body. I have my own sort of shame lingering around my body, my lifestyle, the people that challenge me. Um, Because I do live the life that I, I live, you know, everybody goes through this. There's a lot of there, what shame really takes a weight in our psyche and it comes from a lot of experiences with our families and how we were raised and how we, how society has told us how to be. And, you know, it's all about breaking that down, kind of realizing where that shame is coming from and finding a safe space to be able to explore without that shame coming into effect. And ideally, sexuality is an individual path that we explore in life. It is a huge part of um, each individual person. And the people that we share those moments with get to teach us new things to take us farther down our exploration in ourselves. Mm -hmm. But the ideas that resist that truth are the pressures from society, a society that fears sex and teaches that fear through lack of education, laws that restrict freedom, restrict um, sexual freedom, put people in poverty. You know, there are all of these things that challenge that the idea that, you know, in a, in a monogamous relationship, which is the standard yes, um, that you have control over your partner's sexuality yeah. <laughs> is just, it's not right. It's, it's inhumane in my <laughs> opinion, yeah. 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 understanding that your partner is an individual person completely has the freedom to explore the things that, that fill their desires is important And building. If you want to be and choose to be in a monogamous relationship, it's about being a partner to that and lifting people up and creating that safe space to explore that. And if things don't, you know, jive with you, you know, you got to deal with that on your own because you are your own independent self. It's the effect of, you know, what religion has, done to society to control um, what we think is a family structure, what we think is a structure for our life. You know, it was originally a classist idea to help people get out of poverty, you know, to go and marry somebody else, to ensure that their family is fed and for the rest of their life. You know, these are so ingrained in our society that sexuality has so much shame around it because it's just that sense of control and just we're in a time where we have this beautiful resistance to that and we have people working at higher vibrations trying to encourage people to be themselves and be that individual that explores whatever fills them and um all in all, I just think it would just, we would be better off. We would have better communal structures and um, just educating people on, on what sexuality truly is and that it's a total part of us and it's natural and it's something that um, it's an energy that needs to be understood. 
Yeah. I, I love how you said it is an individual journey and it is throughout your entire life. And that doesn't matter if you're single or if you're in a relationship or if you're married to someone, you know, or you're going around and seeing a bunch of people like it is an individual ex experience and journey and you're learning more about your body and everyone has different desires and different ways of feeling pleasure and express expressing that. So yeah, I really, I really like how you pointed that out. And another thing about um, monogamy is it's funny because people who are monogamous, they, they do, you know, they'll want to say, no, I support my partner. I want them to be, you know, the happiest person that they can be. And I want to support them in their happiness and any desires they have. I do want to support them in that in any way until it's sexual. And then they're like, oh no, but not their sexual desires. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, the, just the way that we shame each other around yeah. that, you know, you, well, you were supposed to tell me, well, we were supposed to make this decision on our own. And it's building that teamwork is total. I, I believe that people can absolutely make that work. And I have no sort of judgment around people who do choose to be monogamous and do choose yeah. to marry and do choose to um, go with a single partnership. That is absolutely up to the individual. And I am in full support of that. It's just about being able to lift each other up and build a, a good structure. You know, I think that the misconceptions around poly and open is that you there's a lot of greed and that there's that jealousy is the other person's weight yeah. and yeah. they are supposed to be the one that handles the other partner's jealousy and when jealousy truly is something that we all embody yeah and we all it's an emotion like any other like sadness like happy, whatever, you know, jealousy comes out of our true insecurities. It yeah. is all from within. And so recognizing that, addressing it and addressing it with your partner without it affecting their choices and that it's their weight, you know, right. it's really hard. And it's something that everybody really needs to not uh, just like take the time to, to get used to that. Cause it is, is totally a wild experience. And I think anyone who um, has tried open relationships or poly can totally attest to that. But yeah. jealousy is a, is an icky feeling and we want to blame and we want to say that, no, you need to make this easier for me. Yeah. It's, but it's, why are, why are you feeling jealous? Why is that feeling coming up? What is it that is triggering that? Is it something that has happened to you before where you felt betrayed one time and you're expecting a repeat? Is it because a deep rooted relationship from your family where you never got to feel fulfilled in a certain way and you're, you're feeling that trigger come up? Yeah. that takes you back to that feeling. Um, and it's about addressing that and what would make you feel better and what could you do on your own yeah. to sort of 
break that down and look into yourself. It's, it's not a fun time, but I think anyone, even monogamous couples need to do that because it, I mean, even jealousy around money and security and friendships, like, yeah, jealousy is not about the other person. It's about you. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. Yeah. I love, um, oh, sorry. I just totally left my mind. I was going to say something on what you said, but, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we, we all feel jealousy and it's, it's definitely not only around sex. Like we live in such a society that just gets jealous so easily, really. Like when you think about it, you know, all these people on Instagram, how many people they follow who they're jealous of. And then in the end, it just makes you feel crap as well. Because jealousy, as you said, it's just an emotion like any other emotion. And you, you can choose if you want to feel it as well. Like you can work with, if you're someone who gets jealous really easily or jealous really often, don't label yourself as, oh, I'm just someone who gets jealous easily. Like, no, that's, that's not a good thing. And that's something that you can work on as well. It's, as you said, it's, yeah. People that say that they're, they never get jealous. I feel like I hear that more often. I'm like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hardly believe that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's, and it's about, yeah, it's about working through, through those emotions. So I think with people who also like claim they never feel jealous, they might feel it for a little while, but then they move on quite quickly and they don't hold any resentment against the other person about that, you know? So they feel a little bit of jealousy come on and then they're, you know, and then they become logical about it and and say, okay, this other person is actually having a good time. Do I care about this person? Yes. And do I want this person to have a good time? Yes. So why am I making myself feel bad about this? Yeah. And you know, I think, I mean, this is, you know, maybe a feels like an unpopular opinion, but when you are kind of in a moment where you are feeling jealous based on the desires that your partner has that don't align with the structure that you want in the relationship, yeah, that person is not for you. That person has something that they need to do for themselves. And if that is not something that aligns with you, then you have to be honest with yourself. Is this a person that can build a relationship with you? Right. And it is okay for people to just not align. You know, we have chemistry with each other all the time. It's just that, and we fall in love all the time. You know, these are beautiful experiences and emotions and feelings to have. But if, if you're realistic with yourself and you really look inside and you say, you know what, what my partner needs to fill fulfill themselves does not agree with what I want out of this relationship. Right. So I'm going to let them go and do that for them. And I'm going to do what I need to do to figure out how to be fulfilled in my life, you know? And that's okay. We're not always going to make it work. And what Polly has absolutely taught me is that we don't have to have these terrible, just traumatizing breakups. We don't have to (laughs) ruin ourselves to move on to the next relationship. We can 
be honest with each other. Honesty and transparency is so important in poly and open relationships. And any relationship really. But I think being in a poly or open relationship, it just, you really have no other choice but to grow the fuck up and learn how to communicate, learn how to, yeah, communicate clearly and be honest. Otherwise it's not going to work. I mean, Polly has completely taught me how to have a healthier structure in all of my relationships, my business relationships, my friendships, my relationships with my family members, you know, it really just teaches you to have this sort of respect for each other. And that transparency is so important because communication is always what really ruins relationships out there. People don't want to talk and they don't want to fix things. They want things to just happen. They want people to just know. Well, people are just going to know. Exactly. <laughs> that's not that's not how we work. They're, we like, actually, they're like, can't my partner read my mind? That's how, why I'm in a relationship with them. Yeah, <laughs> no. Supposed to read all the signals, and when I say I'm fine, they're supposed to know that I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's this old idea, you know. It's like a Friends episode. It's like, oh well, they were just supposed to know because yeah. I said it this way, and it's like. No one is a mind reader. I think intuition is really important and it's really important to harness because um, I feel people are very disconnected from their intuition and intuition will help you in so many scenarios to just really gauge, you know, not everyone can communicate their pain and their struggle and their triggers. Sometimes, especially with, you know, any any sort of spectrum of mental illness, which is like, God, almost everybody out there, you know, it can really affect how you communicate and to really gauge where somebody is at and have a feeling because where they're at, because you care about them, you know? Yeah. It's just about, I think that's where you get that intuition is giving a shit about the other person. Exactly. And the intuition, the intuition can even be, you know, when someone is telling you one thing, but you know, they're just saying that because they're afraid of hurting you or they're afraid of hurting themselves. Absolutely. And creating safe spaces for communication can really help with that. So, I mean, two things huge for, um, poly and open relationships besides communication. Yeah. Um, is consent. Consent is the big, big second one, I believe. Um, In any relationship whatsoever, of course, I think when we talk about poly relationships, I'm talking about just human interactions, period, because poly really has a a huge, it allows a huge, huge spectrum of relationships to kind of um, take to effect and it really it really affects all of your relationships with other human beings and consent is huge we need to consent is not just can I do this um can I touch you can I kiss you without you know getting scrutinized or whatever like caring about you or oh I hope that they ask to touch me I hope that they ask to kiss me it's about caring about the body and the mind of the other person. Yeah. 
consent is I care about this person. I care about their body, their mind. I want to protect them. And consent is, can I have this conversation with you? Do you have space to talk about serious things right now? Can I touch you? Can I kiss you? Can I spank you, hit you, whatever? Yeah. Can I go on a date tonight with another person? I know that we had something planned. Can I, um, it's, it's consent through everything. It's knowing that giving someone the space to say no, to say yes, to say no, to say maybe I feel like this. It's giving someone a voice, you know, and you're protecting each other that way. So I mean, consent and communication are definitely, you know, hand in hand. But um, those are the, the, you know, foundation of a healthy relationship with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I haven't heard of, I've heard of communication, but consent, I haven't heard that yet. So that's interesting. That's something new <laughs> for me to digest. Um, so for people who are wanting to explore the idea of polyamory, which is having more than one partner that you are sexual with at a time, or someone who is interested in an open relationship, which is having that variety of being able to, you know, go forth with a sexual desire. If you have chemistry or connection with someone, even though you're still in a relationship with somebody else, it's like, how, how can people explore that without getting so caught up in their shame around it that they end up just, you know, never exploring that area of their life? Like how, because there's so much shame as well when I feel even more, well, probably polyamory and open, but when people are wanting a variety sexually, but not just with that one per- person that they're in relationship with, you know, actually having the confidence to say, I want a variety in sexual experiences, which also to me means having sex or even just like sexual experiences, like making out with someone at a party or whatever with different people, because every person you have a connection with or any sort of, especially intimate connection with, it brings, you learn so much about yourself and it brings different sides out of you. And you can't always get that from one person. Yeah. I mean, I think you kind of answered your own question. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's totally, it's totally about getting the confidence to communicate those things and to ask for them. Yeah. You know, ask the world for them. And the world will, will spit that out into your lap. You know, once you right. start being honest about the things that you want, the people that don't want and those things and don't align with those things won't be around. And that's kind of hard to, that's, that's kind of hard to digest because I think it's, you know, we're so comfortable in being where we are and being in the places that we've been told to be in because there is a lot of safety already built around that. Um, but if you are wanting to break out, if you're, you've never thought you're just thinking about it and you're wanting to explore that, 
it's about, you know, really asking yourself what you want, you know, communicating thoroughly with people. And for me, I was just starting to basically having that ex- exclusive conversation when you start dating somebody yeah. is, is it doesn't quite happen <laughs> in poly. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those, it, in monogamous relationships, it happens. It's like, oh, we're going to be exclusive now. It's like, that's right. the step on the ex- escalator. And in poly, that, that step doesn't exist. It's about intention. What is your intention with me? Um, sometimes people are really scared to ask that about people, uh, from people that they just started dating. It's kind of a loaded question. But if you start being honest about your intentions, you know, hey, yeah, I definitely would love to start dating people. But since I just met you, I really would like to have a fun time and, you know, see if we have chemistry and just hang out. That's uh, the baseline, sharing your intention with somebody. And then you do a check-in in in a month. Hey, hey, how are we feeling? What is your intention? Um, I think the being honest about having other sexual partners, the kind, I feel like the difference between open and poly, a lot of people talk about open kind of, there are a lot of people out there who kind of are like, I don't want to know what you do. You just go out and you just do your thing. Yeah. With poly, you pretty much should. And I think the only ethical way to go about it is disclose your sexual relationships with people because yeah. it's a safety thing. Yeah. You have to know where you've been because we, you know, there is, I mean, without, of course, there's a lot of stigma around sexually transmitted illnesses, uh, but they're real and they totally, a lot of them being treatable and a lot of them, you know, kind of being lifelong things that you carry with you that are actually very easy to catch because they're very much, um, around those are, these are real things that we need to be talking about and really need to be breaking down that stigma because right. when you are sharing your sexual status with somebody um you're protecting them you're not it's not about oh i'm 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 releasing the fact that i'm sleeping with three other people like right. there there should be that is that sort of disclosing that information is really important and for everyone's safety and breaking down your jealousy and stigma around that is important because you're going to have to have those conversations. Um, I mean, there are a lot of people out there who claim to be monogamous who are, who aren't getting tested and aren't talking about it and, um, and sleeping with each other and not protecting themselves. It is, a lot it's a lot safer in my poly communities i feel because we're always talking about our status and we're always talking about um stis as if it's the common cold you know right and you're giving each other you're giving each other permission to even have that conversation because so many people in a monogamous relationship even if something does happen that they didn't intend or plan on happening you know it's like how do you tell that to your partner when you're in a monogamous relationship, like they're probably going to leave you. And the same goes for if you're interested in being open, like if you're listening to this right now and you're like, oh wow, that 
you know, open thing that I might want to try that out. That sounds pretty freeing or liberating or whatever. And it's like, but how do you tell your partner that when you've already been in a monogamous relationship for a while with them? It's like so many people, like I know some people who have had conversations with me like that since I've become poly and open that they're like, oh my God, my partner would probably leave me because when they bring it up, it's like their partner automatically knows or the, their partner will take it as, oh, okay, so you want to sleep with other people. And so even if you agree not to become open, the other partner will constantly be like, oh, well, you know, you said that you want to be open. So now I just constantly think you're wanting to, you know, hook up with other people and, it's just, These are a lot of insecurities that everybody has. These are pretty yeah. regular insecurities. And it sounds like, you know, like those are examples of projecting a hundred percent. So yeah. when you, it's, that's the, you know, I, I, I totally know that this is a, a common thing and it, it's just like, do you want to be unhappy and not fulfill your desires right. and, or, you know, and, and stay where you are or, maybe in a healthy way, challenge it and have that conversation because I feel like we're all, we're all kind of having the same desires. Our reactions to it and our, our judgment around it is going to be different. And yeah, you might tell your partner that you really want to explore new things and you really want to try some stuff. Yeah. Um, and that might not, they might not take that well. And that's just, that's their own issues around it. And if you already don't have a system where you can communicate and be honest with each other without judgment, then yeah, of course it's going to be hard and it might not end up the way that you want. But to be honest, you should already be having those structures to communicate in a healthy way if you're going to be in any relationship. And if you're not already working on that or your partner does not give you the space to feel like you can be honest then is that person really fulfilling you or really lifting you up and really supporting you in your life you know I I know that's really hard to look you know look into and it's really it can be really feel unsafe because a lot of people feel like these relationships are safe and uh, you know there's there's absolute love and support and you feel like you want to be with this person for, you know, forever. I just think that you should really look into it. Are you going to be able to be with somebody who you can't be yourself with and communicate the things that and desires that are very much on the forefront of your mind, you know? What I, what I think it is as well, though, is that so many people, they put their sexual desires like on the bottom of their list, like, you know, their bottom of the importance list. They're like, okay, my desire for my career and to have a nice car and to have a great partner and to have nice clothes, like that's all up there. But what about my desires sexually? And it's almost like because we're living in a society that has so much shame around our sexuality we don't even want to go there. We're like, yeah, I had that weird fantasy that one time, you know, that was pretty kinky, but I'm not even going to go there because I don't want to lose my identity. I don't want to be seen as an outcast. I don't want to upset my partner. 
I don't want to be, you know, the weird one in my friend group. So a lot of people, like, although they have these sexual desires or fantasies, they, it's almost like they don't want to fulfill them because they're scared of losing everything else that they've built up around their life. Absolutely. I think that a lot of how our society is built and how people survive yeah. really does, it, it really mutes a lot of those aspects of yourself that um, fill your soul, sexuality being one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this is also, you know, I, I would like to touch up on this a little bit, but the, the fact that, you know, to have the freedom to express your sexuality and to discover new things is also a place of privilege. You know, what we're, what we're talking about, you know, your career might be important, more important, um, having a, a status in your community, you know, uh, awards or a nice house, a security, you know, it could also just be, you know, getting out of poverty, um, stay, staying with a decent job or so feeding a family, you know, and a lot of these are, you know, a lot of cultures and a lot of marginalized communities don't get to have the freedom to express their sexuality and to figure out what their sexual desires are. So that this is a place of privilege, which is, you know, not something to be ashamed of, but I just wanted to um, throw that disclaimer out. But basically I think, you know, I think that a lot of people do have to feel the need that they do have to survive. Our society has built a structure that, you know, it's becoming harder and harder to sustain a life in, you know, making enough money and having enough security and, you know, just the way that our economic climate is. A lot of people don't even have the room to dive into these deep parts of themselves. Right. And do you, do you think it's important that people, um, you know, do something about their sexual desires and their fantasy? Do you think it is a part of personal growth or whatever, or, you know, so many people, as I said, they, they think it's not important. Do you think? It's a, it's a part of who you are. It's a part of your soul. And like, being completely non-sexual and asexual is a part of your soul and to connect with that and to understand that really just connects to you with who you are and it makes life a lot easier if you know who you are um we're we're you know human beings with identities and jobs and reputations but we're animals first and sexuality is a huge part of our DNA. It's life. It's who, it's how we are here. It's the, the structure of, of how our species is being able to, been able to be what it is now. Sex is so a part of our, um, our structure of who we are, that it is just important to at least really tap into that and not um i'm trying to like figure out how to phrase this but not shy away from you know just knowing knowing what those things are and connecting with them whether you 
have the space to explore or anything, um, just being true to yourself first and foremost yeah. is, you know, where it starts. Right. Right. Um, I also want to touch on quickly before we wrap up, um, any misconceptions that you feel that a lot of people have around sex or sexuality or kink or anything in that field whatsoever? So I just think that, um, or different relationship styles as well. Yeah. I think through sex and kink, um, misconceptions about a lot of that is that, um, they are, um, it's just, they're, they're not different from what everybody wants. You know, that it's not a black and white theory. It's vanilla sex all the way to edge play <laughs> needs consent. And the idea that kink even is a thing that there's this area of sexual expression that is its own right. and has a label and has a box that it goes in right. is because we have to define it in a way because that's just how society has structured it. We need yeah labels for things we need identity for things so that we can understand who that person is we can understand what this um how people identify if you are considering yourself someone who has vanilla sex being um you know the pretty heteronormative i mean i, I wouldn't even say heteronormative you could be having vanilla sex and be in a gay relationship but we're in a polyamorous relationship. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I think the in terms of kink, um, the idea that like, what is a fetish? What is a kink? Um, when do you define it like that? I think it's just our desires, whether, you know, you could, the spectrum of it is just all a gray area. We all put these labels on things and um, it all just comes down to, um, asking permission and communication. So, <laughs> I mean, like the misconceptions on sex and kink is that everyone's, you know, uh, everyone's a slut and everyone's wild. You could literally just be into, I don't know, missionary sex once a week, but you enjoy getting tattoos because you enjoy that pain, you know, like there is, um, a huge sort of pool of directions you can go. There are so many things that tap into our desires and tap into um, pleasure. And pleasure is just such a huge spectrum of things. It doesn't have to be the person who enjoys being waterboarded probably doesn't also enjoy um, getting needles poked into them. You know, it's, it's not right. this, like, if you like the extreme, you are only in the extreme, you know, it's yeah. a, a, someone who likes to get slapped in the face may also really like to be cuddled yeah. <laughs> for hours on end. You yeah. know, it's just this idea that there is one and there is the other, which is not yeah. true. Right. It is so complex. Sexuality is so complex. Kink yeah. is so complex and kink only exists so that we can have this definition of the other yeah but not everything is just the other right everyone can have a simple sexual experience and a complex one as well right we are all we are we are we are all welcome to that 
And I just hope that everyone can feel the freedom to explore new things, you know, and really break down those little voices in your head that you hear that you've been told to think for so long. Yeah, you aren't even aware that yourself. Yeah, that they have these beliefs and that they've been taught to you from someone else that they're not even yours. Yeah, absolutely. I think being able to connect with that first and foremost will be the best way to explore any of these ideas. Yeah. Is to be true to yourself and really understand what is it that you want to find out about who you are and and to break down those things and those um, obstacles and those walls that you've created to protect yourself yeah. that you think is protecting yourself. Breaking down those ideas and those structures so that you can better get to know what really fills you and what really inspires you. So um, it's a hard journey and I've learned so much over the years and um, I'm really excited for where I'm at, but you know, it was a really um, wild ride and it wasn't easy, but you know, single like monogamous relationships aren't easy either. You know, life isn't easy all the time. And I think that once we start communicating, once we start really understanding and loving ourselves, you know, that idea that when you love yourself, you can love others. It's the same thing. Once you know yourself, you will be able able to build and explore and know others. And And understand others better, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And how you said, sorry, just one other note before about um, pleasures, uh, different sexual pleasures. We get pleasures from obviously things that aren't sexual as well. And we all get pleasure from completely different things. Like one person may love sports and one person like it's like every different category in our life we get pleasure. We can get pleasure from, but each individual gets it in a total different way. Like some of us likes different foods from the other. Some of us likes different environments or different activities. And it's the same with sex. It's like, we're all completely different in what makes us feel good and satisfied, just like anything else in life. Yes. You could have, um, intimacy through just words that people share with you through space that people share with you through, you know, safety and, um, just sharing experiences like that. It doesn't have to be a sexual experience for it to be your pleasurable cake. (laughs) You know, like uh, pleasure is pretty much, yeah, it's just so vast. Yeah. All right. I think that's a wrap. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. I, I might have you on again. (laughs) Um, and we can get really kinky on the next one. I'll ask my listeners what they're, what they're interested in. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll go into questions now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Questions from the audience, from listeners. Yeah. Let's do that. I would love, I would love to answer any questions that people have. Um, I, uh, I, I always love these kinds of conversations because I feel like, you know, I may be someone who sounds like an expert, but I'm, I'm, 
sifting through my own yeah. shit by having this conversation with you. And it's just about us talking about these things. So exactly. I really do appreciate it. You're, you're elevating my soul as we go through this. So Aww, thank you so much. And you mind. <laughs> Thank you.